Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the best podcast your ears have ever listened to. It's the Morning Five. Today is Monday, uh, June 20th. Today's podcast is presented by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today, but hey... Life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, today is the national holiday, Juneteenth. Today is also National Vanilla Milkshake Day. I know, I'm going to assume that you are a milkshake fan. Absolutely. Uh, Do you like vanilla? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay, all right. And I've also heard rumors, Billy, that your milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Is that, can you confirm or deny that as well? (laughs) I can't confirm. <laughs> what is your uh, what's your favorite what is your favorite flavor of milkshake? So, Butter Daughter has this orange. I still gotta try that place, man. Place, oh god, dude, it's so good. It's almost like a. Um, I'm trying to think what it's called. It, it's almost it's almost as if you're tasting like. Orange Heaven? Yeah, it's Orange Heaven. <laughs> we'll just go with that. Orange Heaven, so I got good. you. It, does it taste anything like the orange drinks they have at um, uh, the Varsity? Very similar, yes. Okay, yes. okay. All right, I, I, I can get you with them. I don't mind a milkshake every now and then. I, you know, everybody knows I don't like a lot of sugary stuff, but I am I can do a peach milkshake from Chick-fil-A every now and then. Um, not not a back. ton. Do what? Which are back. Oh, are they? Oh, fantastic! I can do I can do like one peach milkshake a year. That's like one milkshake a year. That is like my limit right there. That's all. That's all I can do. Uh, I have to go to Chick Fil A and get a peach milkshake. There's also a snow cone, new snow cone place that opened in Villarica that we gotta try. Uh, Billy, this weekend not a great weekend for the Braves, man. They dropped two out of three in Chicago uh, versus the Cubs. If you watched Friday, they lost one to nothing. Morton looked fantastic, man. Seven innings yeah, pitched, did. zero earned runs, three hits, and nine Ks. That's exactly what you signed Morton for, honestly. I mean, that's we've kind of harped on Morton all year long for slow starts and in, in games that I don't want to say he pitched bad because a lot of games he just kind of pitched meh, and it's not really what you signed him for. But the performance that he gave you last Friday up in Chicago, that's why you signed Morton right there. Charlie Morton was dealing. Um, he was hitting his corners. He was... His curveball was working. It was looking fantastic, and honestly, it was the Cubs just couldn't hit him. It looked awesome. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, we only—I mean, we lost one nothing, and it was against AJ Minter too. AJ Minter got the loss, but you know, it's just one of those days. So <laughs> that sucks. You get saddled with that. I mean, you, you allow one run, and you get saddled with the loss. That's. That uh, that kind of sucks. And honestly, if anybody watched the game, 
if we played in a stadium where the wind wasn't blowing 700 miles an hour in from the outfield, we would have probably hit five to seven home runs that game and won the game easily. Uh, so we hit the ball really well. That wind just killed everything. As soon as it got up in the air, it just killed it, and that's why it was a one nothing game. It is what it is. Uh, Saturday, we lost 6-3. to three. Riley Duvall and Harris, all with RBIs. Kyle Wright had a rough day. Six innings pitched, 11 hits, five earned runs, and eight Ks. You want to see Kyle bring that down a little bit. The uh, the 11 hits and six innings, ooh, man, you you do not want to see that continue for sure if you're a Braves fan. No, but I think, again, that's one of those things where those, I think Cubs, Cubs players knew or know where to hit in Ridley and just somehow were finding those spots, and that just sucks for Kyle. I think he'll, he'll regroup and get back to it against uh, – Let's see, probably the back end of this, the Giants series. We got, a, we got a four set with the Giants. You think he'll, he should he should make that last start, I would assume, right? Yeah. That uh, that yeah. noon start on Thursday or whatever it is. I can't add. Right. What's four days from now? Is that Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was Kyle Wright statistically. That was his worst game since May 10th. Uh, since then, uh, Kyle Wright hasn't allowed more than three earned runs uh, in in any in any game. So that's one, two, three, four, five. And that's six straight starts where he's allowed three earned runs or less. It is what it is. You take the bad with the good. Uh, and then the good came on Sunday. Six nothing win. Darno with three RBIs. Riley Olson and Harris with RBIs. Harris also with a solo shot. Man, that rookie is on freaking fire. Day hot. That guy is on. Marquise Grissom could not have hit the nail on the head any better than he did when he was talking about how good uh, Michael Harris is right now. I mean, he's he's hitting 321, three home runs, 13 RBIs, and an OPS of 884. I, I mean, that's <laughs> that that is so impressive. I uh, he's done everything and more that you could have asked for for a rookie that just called up. He didn't even play in AAA. He went straight from AA to the majors. So. Uh, Michael Harris has given you everything and more. Ian Anderson yesterday also looked stellar. Six and two-thirds, zero earned runs, and six Ks. Uh, the bullpen came in and closed it down. Uh, Jesse Chavez got into a little bit of a uh, pickle, but uh, Minter came and bailed him out. Uh, and, Billy, we, we lose the series two games to one, but we still remain five and a half back of the New York Mets. So, you know, it's it, it yeah, sucks to started, lose the series. We started four and a half back to only – be down five and a half i'm okay with yeah i'll we take lost one game i'm all right with that yeah it's, that's fine with me we got a we got a four game set uh with the san francisco giants who come in today uh and then let's see um oh that, this is weird billy um the mets wrap up a four game series with miami today that's a that's weird for them to wrap up a series on a monday i don't yeah that's i don't know if i've common. seen that very often um, and then they have a two-game set with Houston this week, and then another three-game set with Miami. Uh, so we need to need to keep it rolling against the Giants. You know the best thing about ending a winning streak, Billy? What's that? It means you can start another one. We started oh, one yeah. yesterday. Game one. We're gonna start another winning streak this week. Uh, what time's that game tonight? It's seven. Seven twenty. Seven twenty. Who's in the bump? Do you remember? Uh, let's see if. I have, I have 35 tabs open, and I can't figure out where the hell I should click on to find out who's pitching tonight. <laughs> if Anderson went tonight, I'm assuming Freed? Wouldn't that be Freed, I would think? Yeah, uh, yeah, Freed and Webb tonight. Uh, so that's Strider a win for the tomorrow. Braves. 
Strider tomorrow, that's a win for the Braves. Uh, Morton on Wednesday, obviously a win for the Braves. And right on Thursday at a 12-20 start time, uh, we'll see. I might, eh, I don't know. A 12-20 start time on Thursday is enticing. I might, I might have to I might have to take a little day off of, of, of work and, and go to see that. Uh, so as we as we mentioned, the Braves get a win yesterday. Lose the series, but they win yesterday. Also another team from Atlanta that won yesterday. Inter-Miami. Uh, Inter Atlanta United beats Inter-Miami. Two to nothing. They get back into the win column after the international break. Uh, Atlanta United, a 2-0 win at home. About all you can ask for. Arujo started the day off uh, scoring early with a goal in the fourth minute. And Atlanta, we kept attacking from there, man. At no real point in this game did I ever feel like Miami had a chance. It was it was 1-0 for a lot of the game, but we controlled this entire thing. I mean, we controlled the narrative. It seems like the entire game, uh, attack, defense, midfield, we looked fantastic throughout. Um, Alan Franco, man, you got to give that guy some massive props for the job he did last night. The back line, the defense last night looked the best I've seen them since Miles Robinson went out. I mean, that back line looked absolutely fantastic. The captain, Joseph Martinez, scored in the 61st minute to make it 2-0 uh, for a victory for the five stripes. Rios Novo started in goal uh, for Timothy Shuttlecock, which I think was a great move, looked really good. Made three saves and completed the shutout. Uh, so uh, overall, just a great, great showing from Atlanta United yesterday and something that I hope they can keep up the rest of the season and that was without Tiago Almada who uh, will still have two more games that he has to serve under his suspension um, a lot of a lot of bright spots yesterday man a lot of bright spots for Atlanta United which is great to see off of an international break because you never know what you're going to get when those players have been gone from the squad for so long uh, they came back and they showed out man it looked really really good yesterday yeah that was definitely needed uh, for the game to to go that way i'm i'm really impressed with rios novo he looked solid in, in goal um yeah he only made three you know saves but he never looked overwhelmed by the situation and that was something you definitely needed to see for atlanta united uh moving forward it was weird you, you win two nil and you think it's a close game but I, i've never at no point in this game did i ever feel like it was close i, I don't know why um maybe because it was we were playing a 10-man team after the 29th minute. Inter-Miami got a red card in the 29th minute. Uh, but it, it seemed, I don't know, very calming. It was it was really weird. Atlanta United has some decisions they're going to have to make here in a couple days. July 1st is the opening of the transfer window. And uh, the, the English club Arsenal is looking to acquire Emerson, Emerson Heinemann. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what Atlanta United does with Emerson Heinemann. I really like the way he plays, but he just hasn't stayed healthy enough for me and hasn't stayed on the pitch. I think he's a great player with great potential, but he's had some injury issues in the past, so it'll be interesting to see what Atlanta United does with him. Also, uh, Ronaldo Cisneros, his loan, I believe, is coming up quite soon. So that is another uh, kind of peg that they're going to have to figure out what to do with him. I really like his play, but Dom Dwyer has done a great job, and now that Joseph is back, you don't really need three strikers. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Ronaldo when his loan is up. I hope they keep him. He has a lot of promise, and I think he's a really good young player, but I can understand why they wouldn't renew his loan or they wouldn't buy him because of the emergences Dom Dwyer, uh, Joseph Martinez up there. So a couple, uh, couple things that Atlanta United has to decide here in the coming future. All right, Bryce, the past two weeks, 
we've been working on uh, the NFL. Let's talk a little bit of college football. What you got in the Pac-12 today? Let's do it. Let's start with the Pac-12 North today. Uh, we're going to go through kind of we're going to touch on the teams that are probably likely in the top three, and then kind of scoop past the other ones because I'm pretty sure nobody around here cares what Stanford's going to do in football next year. Uh, Oregon is the obvious front runner. Uh, they're in the Pac-12 North. They have a chance right off the bat to make a massive win. They did it last year by knocking off Ohio State in Columbus. They open up uh, with UGA at nine, or excuse me, at 3:30 p.m. on September 3rd. Uh, after that, I would assume Oregon will be favored in every game they play. So if they can either a play the reigning defending national champions close, uh, or even possibly beat them, that would be a huge uh, start of the season for Oregon. I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if they beat Georgia. Um, but the thing a lot of people got to understand hope. is this. Yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty shocked. I think Oregon is easily a 10-and-a-half dog right now. Um, but, hey, it's, it's college football. Squirrely things can happen. The thing people need to understand about Oregon is this is not the Oregon of old. This is not the Chip Kelly Oregon that was, that was small and fast and ran a lot of fancy misdirection plays. This is a bigger, stronger, and they're also fast Oregon. This defense will pop you, and the offense is, is nicely balanced. Last year they had one of the best running games in the nation. Uh, so Oregon is a legit good team. Are they a top four team? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think they can hold it. I didn't think they could hold a candle to Ohio State last year, and they obviously beat us. Um, I don't think UGA should have a problem with them in that first game. Uh, but I mean, Oregon is a Oregon is a legit top ten team for sure. Uh, the second favorite in the North is Washington State. They finished uh, second last year with a six and three record. Probably will battle with Oregon this year for the lead again. Uh, former UIW quarterback Cameron Ward will be the field general in an offense uh, that could rival Oregon's as the best in the Pac-12. He was a big um, uh, transfer this year. He was a big transfer get for Washington State. Washington State's counterpart, Washington, well, they look to start on a new path with a new head coach, Kellen DeBoer. Uh, they were pretty terrible last year, went 3-6 and six and were fifth in the North. Biggest question right now for Washington is who's going to start at quarterback for them? Dylan Morris was the starter last year through 14 tuds, but also through 12 picks. So not great, but he you know started last year. Former five-star prospect Sam Hurd, Sam Hurd is also on that roster. And Indiana transfer Michael Penix Jr. will also be on the quarterback uh, quarterback room this year for Washington. All three of them will be gunning for the job. It'll be interesting to see who comes out as the victor for that position. Oregon State, the Beavers, went 5-4 and four last season, which is about four wins above what they were expected to go. Last year, they were expected to just be absolutely terrible in that division. Trey Bray will take over as defensive coordinator in hopes to improve the defense that was second worst in that conference. Oregon State's defense was just terrible. Uh, they won five games in that conference just off the back of their offense. California Golden Bears, after a disappointing 4-5 and five season last year, there's hope with the Golden Bears this offseason. They're really trying to go bowling. Uh, all they got to do to do that is like finish 500, and they can go to the Charmin you-know-what bowl down in wherever the hell they have that. Uh, it all starts with the offense. that They showed a lot of promise last year under Coach Wilcox. They averaged 5.9 yards per carry, which is the most they've ever done, or the most they've done in the past five years. Running game is key this year for California. They're going to have to control the clock. It's not a very talented offense, and it's not a terribly talented defense. So if they're going to want to have a chance in these games, they're going to have to slow the games down, run the clock, bleed out the clock, and hopefully win 
last-second games that are very close. And then, Billy, the aforementioned Stanford football team, well, they just suck, nobody cares, and they will finish last in the Pac-12 North. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and that's, that's, that sucks because, you know, Stanford Stanford's one of those, those teams that you just kind of wish to see near the top because – those, they're they're kind of cool. Yeah, when you see yeah. them good. Yeah, it's it's neat. Who's the uh, who's the who's the old head coach at Stanford that that got them to prominence a couple years uh, ago? Did he coach at Texas there. for a little while, right? Is he really still there? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Stanford had a couple years there where like they had a nice like five to eight year run where they were a very solid football team, but uh, you know. I don't know what that – you hear Stanford, and all I think of is academic excellence and how hard it would be to recruit kids out there. But, you know, I, I – Andrew Luck was there. Oh, I forgot Andrew Luck was there, yeah. Along with uh, – Wow. They had a, they had a good running back ball. there. They had, yeah, <laughs> airball. They had a good running back out there at Stanford, didn't they, for, for a little while, for a couple of years? I forget his name. I, I just remember they, so. had a, they had a stud running back out there. So, yeah, Oregon Oregon and Washington State are your front runners right now uh, for that Pac-12 North. Washington, Oregon State, California kind of make up the middle pack, and then Stanford will finish last. All right, let's get to the Reed's House scoreboard from the weekend uh, or on Saturday. Colorado Avalanche beat the absolute piss out of Tampa Bay. That's a no bueno. That's a no bueno. No. Uh, Seven to nothing was the final in a hockey game. That was bad. That was very, very bad. I, did you watch? Did you student. watch any of it? I, I didn't watch any of it. Every single minute. Oh man, I, I saw I saw our buddy Matt Ridgeway post about how fast and how good the Avs were. That Matt, that's losing losing in the uh, battle for Lordo. You know that sucks, but losing losing by a touchdown that's not that's not good, man. I hate that for him. Yeah, uh, Avalanche take a two nothing series lead into tonight where game three will happen. Uh, Bolts welcome in the Avalanche to uh, Emily Arena down in Tampa Bay. You have to see if Tampa wants to get back into the series, they have to fight back. Tonight is where they start. They need to get back into this ASAP if they want to have a shot at this. I tell you what, between the Bolts and uh, Stuart ha- or Haas Racing in the F1 up in Canada, Matt, uh, our good buddy Matt Ridgway did not have a good weekend. So hopefully the Bolts can turn it around at home, though. You win two at home in the season, or the uh, series is even back up 2-2. So hope springs eternal. That's Billy, right. you need another cup of coffee this morning, man? I need a cup of coffee, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and deliver it to you, buddy. Matthew Fitzpatrick wins the U.S. Open by one stroke over Will Zalatnis, which – was I believe he what was the final score like a negative five negative six six under for the entire tournament man that just tells you how hard this course was the rough was indeed rough uh the U.S. Open does this year in and year out they make the hardest golf tournament you play in and it was great man uh Fitzpatrick won by one stroke Zalatoris had a chance to sink a birdie birdie putt putt that he missed by about centimeters Centimeters. Oh I God, mean, it was. It was insane. I, I thought it was in as soon as he as soon as he hit it and that ball started rolling. I was like, "Oh, that's in. We're going to a playoff." Nope, missed it just a bit uh, out left. Uh, Fitzpatrick wins. Zalatoris and Scheffler tie for second. Hideki Matsuyama is fourth, and Colin Morikawa ties or is in fifth. 
Now, you remember what I said last week, the LIV Tour will be announcing some big names apparently tomorrow, so uh, if they do, we will have that on the Morning 5 tomorrow if they announce it before our podcast. If not, we will be announcing it on Wednesday. Billy, in the NFL, they, uh, the NFL has fined Washington Commanders coach Ron Rivera $100,000 and stripped the team of two OTA practices in 2023 for conducting excessive contact in spring drills. Is there anything the Washington Commies can do right? Not right now. And you know what? That's the, the bad thing about this is the fact that it just seems like this keeps happening to coaches that – or of the old ilk, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Ron old Rivera, school guys. who is so used to the old school stuff, like he's he's the one getting. Is this this isn't his first fine either, is it? No, no, no. Oh, old Riverboat Ron has had a had a bunch of fines. So, so yeah, have the Washington Commies though. Me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of NFL fines, Mike McCarthy was fined a hundred thousand dollars, and the Cowboys were docked in uh, organized team activity for 2023 for holding practices that were deemed too physical by the NFL. Billy, kind of along the lines of Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy is an older head coach, comes from Yenzertown. I mean, they don't kind of raise uh, soft tootsie rolls in, in Yenzertown, so it kind of falls along the same sheet as Ron Rivera in Washington does. I mean, that's a $100,000 losing an organized team activity. Uh, I, I don't know. It seems, it seems weird that there's not a clear path or a clear statement on what you can and can't do in practices. Maybe there is, and these coaches are just like, to hell with it. <laughs> yeah, that's that, possible. Uh, that would seem very Mike McCarthy and Ron Rivera-like. Max Verstappen wins uh, in Cana- uh, Canada, in the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, it, was, uh, it was an entertaining race. It was an entertaining qualifying. We will talk more on that on Track Talk this week. I'm not sure when we're recording. I would assume maybe tonight. Tonight or Wednesday? No, you ain't. You're recording tonight. Oh, the the playoffs are tonight. For some reason, I thought that was tomorrow. Uh, so maybe tomorrow night then. Yeah, that's why. Uh, and Billy, like, t- when you put, let me just pull the curtain back yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it said games and events tonight, and Bryce Bryce puts on June twentieth. Yeah, that's tonight. You put games I don't know why I put tonight, and you put Bolts versus Avs, 8 p.m. on June 20th. Yeah, that's tonight, DA. I think I just I think I just copied that from from ESPN. <laughs> I don't know why I put that. Honestly, I'm not really sure. Uh, oh, also yesterday, Billy, some breaking news that we decided uh, at the pool. Adam Post is the Marco Polo champion. Uh, so look, look for, for look look for that look for that uh, news headline on ESPN at some point. It's not on there yet, but I'm sure. It is making its way there. And then today in 1994, former NFL running back, broadcaster, and actor extraordinaire, O.J. Simpson was arraigned on murder of Nicole Simpson and Ronald Goldman. I'll ask this just simply because I'm kind of interested to hear this. Do you remember how big the, like, do you remember the, the chase the with the Bronco, yeah, because I was uh, getting my haircut. Actually, um, I remember I remember that because I was getting my haircut, and they flipped it on in the barber shop I was on. Like everybody stopped what they were doing and watched the white Bronco weaving in and out of stuff. I was I was getting a hair. I didn't I didn't know I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand. I was like, yeah, it's a police chase. Whatever. I watch this on cops all the time. 
Um, I didn't understand the gravity of it at the time. But, yeah, I watched it in a barbershop in, I believe I was in Albany, I think. I think I was down there getting my hair cut. So, yeah, I didn't understand the gravity of the uh, thing that was going on, but I did watch uh, the, the white Bronco. And funny enough, my father-in-law has an identical white Bronco to what O.J. Simpson drove. And uh, I think I might – I've wanted to buy it and fix it up for years <laughs> just to drive around in a white Bronco because that, that thing's iconic now, man. I think it's absolutely oh, iconic. No doubt it's iconic <laughs> how, how many more uh broncos white broncos do you think they sold after that chase because you know you uh, know the sales had a skyrocket after that thing oh god it was just so much no press is bad press right <laughs> god no billy you get you got anything else to add today man no i don't think so all righty well that was the monday edition of the morning five everybody have a beautiful day if you do have the day off and we will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake them! Shake your neighbor!